1: some people here awesome this is the black and gold hockey podcast episode 279 this is the live stream this is the pre-game six boston bruins versus the carolina hurricanes live stream so um, please uh, stay active on here and ask us uh, questions in the chat we will try to answer them as much as possible as we lead up to puck drop from td garden uh, in boston against uh the hurricane so hopefully hopefully we get a big win tonight and, and stay alive in this series uh but joining me is a uh, fellow black and gold hockey podcast host Dominic tiano dom what's up bud
0: oh not much buddy all excited for tonight
1: see what happens absolutely it should be a should be a good one um we do have the benefit of the doubt of playing well at home in this these playoffs in, in this first round so uh, hopefully that is uh going to be on our side and also jeremy swayman is getting the start in net and he is uh pretty damn good at home this uh in these playoffs so we got that going for us
0: and let's not forget uh lindholm is back and uh trent frederick subs in on uh the left side on line three for uh who's he replacing
1: um but it, uh, wagner i believe wagner, yeah Just waiting for Kevin O'Keefe to come in. Like I said, if you want to participate in the show, please hit us up in the comments with some Bruins related questions. We will try to get to as many as possible. And thank you very much for the people that are already here in the stream and enjoying this so far. Mr. Mark Brooks works at TD Garden as a physician and he's a good Merrimack guy, so... All right, so 11-12, getting it done tonight. Got a feeling. he's Mark Brooks has a feeling about the third line tonight and how effective it's going to be. What do you think, Dom?
0: I was uh, kind of pulling for Frederick to come back in for tonight, and I have a lot of reasons for it. Um, One, uh, the three of us talked weeks ago about what the Bruins had to do against – the, the hurricanes to win this series. I went into great detail and, and the two of you agreed and and the problem was uh they started out well in game one and game two uh but they couldn't put the puck in and here's what the problem was is there were too many flybys. Um, i I think I specifically mentioned uh, that that um, Mark Messier spoke about it. Uh, even highlighted one with Jake DeBrusque. Um, so Frederick brings that net front. He doesn't fly by. He goes to the net and, uh, <coughs> you know, they, they need that. The other thing, too, and uh, funny is before we, we came live, I was checking out some stats. As everybody knows, the Hurricanes are the most penalized Uh, team in in the league during the regular season. So I went back and looked at game by game, and I I think you'll find that the vast majority of their regulation losses, uh, where they lost by two or more goals, uh, they were frustrated, and it showed up up in the penalty minutes where uh, they took foolish and unnecessary penalties. and. And we saw that against the Bruins. So I think if the, the, the key for the Bruins is to get the puck in behind the, the defenseman, go after it, which is where Frederick is going to help. Um, and, you know, spread the canes out. You go, go back to the point, spreading them out so that they're not all collapsing to the net, similar to the, what the Bruins do. Remember the Kings play, play more a man on man than a zone coverage, but they do collapse. So if you can spread that out, get the guys to the front of the net and get those damn shots from the point through, which is what we saw in games three and four in Boston, then they have a good chance.
1: Right. No, I agree with that. And we need that third line to 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 pick it up too. And, and like yeah. you said. It's it's so it's so huge. I mean, we saw that 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 trio work very well during the regular season. We thought it would carry into the into the postseason, but as we all know, the postseason is totally different. Um, uh, so hopefully they pick that up tonight. Uh, hopefully all four lines really connect tonight and get it done. Um, but be, uh before we do go any further in this Boston Bruins talkie talk, I do want to talk about our show sponsor BetOnline.ag our partners at betterline.ag continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information and have been trusted by millions for over 25 years find all the latest news and sports developments including this year's nhl stanley cup playoffs nba basketball playoffs major league baseball the fights pga tour golf horse racing and even next season's national football league futures BetOnline.ag is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. So head to BetOnline.ag website today or use your mobile device to sign in and please remember to use our special promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to you receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. All right, just heard myself babble about the fa- uh, awesome show sponsored by online.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 if you sign up and do some gambling and do it safely. Andrew Taverna, you degenerate, use your gambling safely. Kevin,
2: what's up, buddy? All right, so my new headphones. You sounded like you were cutting in and out, I think, because my headphones aren't working. It was the same thing with Dom, so I just plugged in my old headphones, and I'm good to go. And, Andrew, I was here, <laughs> okay? I, I was here that. 20 minutes early.
1: That's it. That's <laughs> He's coming in firing. I love it. Palma Fred's in the house. What's up, Palma? Jim Loudon, thank you for joining me the stream. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, all right. So, uh, Kevin, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, tonight's game?
2: I'm not nervous at all. Actually. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident about this team on home ice tonight having last change. I think, um, I think Cassidy I, I, for both teams, I think both both coaches have been outcoached when it comes to playing in their own arenas. And I don't expect that to change tonight. I think Cassidy, um, uh, will be able to make whatever changes are needed. Um, to get this win. Now, when they go on to a game seven, if that, let's say, if that were to happen, um, that's when I'm going to be a little bit worried because Cassie's been out coaching that building every single time. And I don't know how much of it has to do with him or how much of it has to do with the fact that Brendan Moore just has so many options that he can throw out there to shut anyone down.
0: Uh, actually, I am a little nervous, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> and, I mean, Cassie spoke about this. Uh, Today that, you know, it's one game at TD Garden. That's all we're worried about. And I don't care how much they say it. They're they're only human. And from the coaching staff down to the players, down to the trainers, down to the stick boy, they could not have anywhere on their minds the thought of how are we going to go back to Carolina and win in Carolina. Let the video guys break that all down tonight and let them worry about it. You concentrate on what's in front of you. And unfortunately they're only human. And I, I just have a bad feeling that it's, it might be in some of the players in the back of their minds.
1: Yeah, that would be, that is not good at all. But I mean, tonight they just going to dig down deep and find it, you know, regardless of the lineup and who's in and who's out. I know there's a, I mean, we can. I'll just put it up right now because I did take a, um, a screenshot of the lineup that was at the Bruins practice this morning down at, um, at TD Garden or the Warrior Ice Arena. But we do have Marsha and Bergeron to back together, Hall Hall of back together, Frederick Coyle Smith back together, Felino, Noshek, and Lazar. Uh, Lynn McAvoy in the back end, uh, Riley Carlo, Forbert, Clifton, and Jeremy Swamy getting start. The biggest thing for me right now is is those two players on the fourth line right now is Foligno and Nosik. Um I'm actually really shocked that Noshek is getting the, uh, the, the 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 call because he sat pretty much most of the game in uh, in game five. And uh, Felino, I just I'm waiting for playoff Felino to show up actually. Um, but I, another one that I'm actually shocked that's in the lineup tonight.
2: Thoughts. Um... It's it's my understanding, though, that most of that fourth line hardly saw any ice time in that game, too. Am I correct on that? Because I feel like um, – Cass- they, was-
0: they got a minute and something seconds in the second period.
2: Yeah. Cassidy yeah, was that, double dipped that... in pasta. Yeah. Um, they were trying to score. I mean, they were just trying to do whatever they could can to score, I think. Um, I mean, Nosek hasn't been doing it offensively, but defensively, I think he's been absolutely fine. Yeah. I- Think uh, he's been doing great on the penalty kill. I I'm I'm fine with Nosik being in there and Felino, I mean he's been fine defensively as well. I mean it, it playoff. I I know what you're saying, Mark. Though when it comes to Felino and, and playoff Felino, you know the guy that you saw again, you know winning four against the um, the Lightning a few years ago. I, I totally get what you're saying. I don't know if we're ever going to get that guy, but he has, he has been energized. I mean, I've seen him in games, you know, creating chances that fourth line is just snake bitten; They're not getting anything through. And if that fourth line could break through, that would be huge because they had a lot of chances early on in the season. I mean, sorry, in the series. And I just think that, I just think that that is your, I don't know if it's your best lineup though. I I would like to see bleed in there. I really would. Um, But I think you gotta just stick with it and see what happens here.
0: yeah, yep. I, I mean the fourth line wasn't the same as it was earlier in the series when Noic was put on the third line. uh i I have no problem with with the three of them together because uh when they play, they play hard. they're it's a hard shift. uh you can trust them defensively, but they can also. Uh, create momentum and spend time in the offensive zone. They don't necessarily have to score. Sometimes it's about creating momentum, and and you know uh, how many times did we have we seen it through the regular season? They go out, create momentum, and then bang the next sh- the next line will come out and pop the goal. So it's not always about scoring. It's about doing the right things, and I think that fourth line is than capable I mean I had somebody ask me today uh you know why are you against putting Oscar Steed out and taking Felino out okay do I really have to answer that
2: <laughs> no
0: like you really you're you're a hockey fan a fan of this team and you supposedly follow the Bruins and the Providence Bruins and you're asking me that question.
2: Going to get whacked doing stuff like that, which is how it is. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even
0: respond. To me, it, it would have been a waste of time to respond.
2: You see, I'm happy, though, that the lines are back to what brought them success during the regular season from January right. 1st on. Because that's what they need to stick with. I mean, the look, all right, I will, I will say, though, that it was a good call by Cassidy to put those three back together on that top line. Because they went off, and they were a big reason why you tied the series two-two. Yeah. Now I'm sure Cassidy will do the same thing if the game gets out of hand at some point.
0: Yep. Yeah. but don't vote
2: it. I hope that's not what happens because I think these are the lines that are going to help you win a cup. If you can, if you can roll these three line, uh sorry, these four lines, and get production at least out of your top nine consistently. I mean, that third line they have to, they have to produce. They have to Trent Frederick has to stay out of the box. He has to make smart plays. Um, Smith's got to get going. Smith has to get going. I mean, he had a a lightning bug area in the, um, uh, in the season where he popped off for like eight goals. And I think it was like 10 games or something like that. And ever since then, he's been quiet on the goal front. Um, He needs to get going. I think Coyle, Coyle has been great, even though he hasn't been producing. He's very strong on the puck. Um, he's been awesome defensively. I, I love Coyle. I mean, how can you not love him? I mean, I understand there's people out there who think he's overpaid this and that. I don't think so. This guy is a freaking warhorse. You, you know, last season was an anomaly. He was hurt. He wasn't, he wasn't able to be the Coil that he can be. And I just think that Hall and Pasta together create magic, and they need to get that magic going, regardless if Pasanak is dealing with an injury or not. Those two need to get going, and Bergeron and Martian, you've been here before. You need to just get that going and DeBrusque. You've been here before. You've been here your entire career. You don't even know what the Bruins are without the playoffs, so get it going.
1: Yeah, and touching on getting it going, I want to uh, highlight Lance uh question here. I think it's vital the Bruins get in play with the lead <laughs> Uh, Carolina is a different team when they are behind um, you yeah in
0: about every team
1: oh true no true but particularly in this series I find that it's the Bruins come out really hard but it almost seems like the the six to ten minute mark that's it it's almost like they're done and they just can't push any further and and Carolina just uh, exposes a lot of weaknesses that the Bruins are, are showing and and capitalizing they're 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 finishing and you know it's, it's night and day on the home and you know the if you're at carolina you're at boston i totally get that the home ice is so important uh, each crowd is going to be you know wild no matter where you go but um you really just got to find it and you got to finish and you have to play all 60 minutes and and don't let up on a team like this because it We've, we've seen it in the past five games. This, this Carolina team can really make you look like real silly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you the other thing. Uh, game five was a wasted performance by Jeremy Swayman. They need that Jeremy Swayman tonight. Making some of the saves he made were he shouldn't have made, and he made them. That's what they need tonight. And correct me if I'm wrong. This will be he's he hasn't played four games in a row yet, right? Never started Um, four. So they need that Jeremy Swayman tonight. And um, if you're down after the first and he's not in a couple of goals, um, I don't know what you do. Like I, I really don't know what you do. So let's hope he shows up. Lindholm is going to be key, uh, as is Riley. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people come at me for this. But for a lot of reasons, I'm glad Grizz is not in the lineup. I have to agree
1: player. with that. Agree. Just from yeah. just from what's been happening in the past. It's, it almost seems like his injury is really uh, hindering his total performance. Yeah. You know and I think that Bruce has that trust in him and that veteran kind of trust that they have together. That even 80% of a Matt Grizzlick is still better than calling somebody up from the Black Aces or or having somebody else come in that's going to be in a rotationary uh spot. But you know, I no, think they don't
0: even have to call anybody up, Bart. They got Riley, they got Brown, right? Uh, you know, it's just I don't think Grizz was even 80%. I, jeez. You know, no. I I think you'd be lucky to say he was at sixty percent of himself. Interesting,
2: Grizzlick, Um, I mean, he's he's not a physical guy, whether he's healthy or not. And one thing we have been seeing from Riley, including these playoffs, is he's been yeah. getting physical. He's been taking hits and he's been giving hits. He's getting into the corners. He's doing those things, and I think that's a big part of winning against a team like this, who is pretty heavy. They're pretty heavy. I mean, they, they, they hit, they, they play, they play really big with the puck. Uh, I mean, that's stall line alone. I mean, Jesus. I mean, they play heavy and you got to have a guy out there who can take it. And I love Grizz. I think he's a top four defenseman. I really do. But with him being injured the way he is and with Riley being able to give you that physical aspect and also being able to transition the puck as well, he can transition the puck. I think that's your best bet tonight. And, um, Riley Carlo has worked fantastic, um, in the past. And I'd like to see that continue tonight. Um, you know, and if it's not working, Riley McAvoy has worked absolutely fantastic. And Lynn home can play with anyone. So he would be absolutely fine next to Carlo. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how this pans out. I really am. But um, going back a little bit on Swayman, um, you know, at first I thought that first goal that he led up was really soft and something that he had to have. But when I rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it, it hit off his pad. So he was redirecting it to the corner the way he was supposed to do. Yeah. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Just unlucky puck luck. It hits off the knob of the stick and goes in the back of the net. I mean – It sucks. It really does. But at the end of the day, it's not something that you can really sit there and go, Oh my God, you could have controlled that 100%. It's it's shit like that is going to happen at times. And, you know, Carolina has been getting a lot of puck luck a ton. And I think that's the biggest reason why, especially in Carolina, in Carolina, they're getting so much puck luck. And that is the biggest reason why the Bruins come out and they're on these huge, you know, tangents of you know being these you know big hitters and getting a ton of chances like really early on and then all of a sudden out nowhere carolina gets a fluky you know weird goal and boom deflated
1: true um pejman Hajiji is in the house welcome back pejman thank you so much for the constant support truly appreciate it but he brings up not a big analytics guy but this one is troubling Boston is first in the NHL in expected goals, four, but only 15 in goals scored. Can't bury chances seeing this series making Ranta look like a Hall of Famer.
2: We've been seeing this all season. All yeah, season long, we've been watching the Bruins make second string, third string goalies look like they should have 10 business. So it, it's nothing new.
0: It goes back to what I said earlier. Net front. And no flybys. You watch this team closely. Go back and watch eighty-two regular season games and five playoff games, and there's flybys in front of the net the net. Nobody stops. Patrice Bergeron stops. But he's about the only one.
1: True. All right, I'm just reading uh, some of these comments. i got to get caught up here. Allison brings one in. Talking about Tony D'Angelo, who actually leads the Hurricanes in points. He's got a goal and seven assists. Now, there's there's two things that the Bruins have to do. Don't buy into his nonsense or anybody else on the Hurricanes right now. All they're trying to do is basically bait you into taking a penalty. We've seen it with uh, the Fulbright thing and, uh, and, and Domi. I, I keep wanting to call him Ty Domi all the time. But, uh, yeah. But, it works. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Domi and Fulbert kind of went at it, blah, blah, blah. And and basically, it, it hook, line, sinker. You know, we got the penalty. So that's the type of stuff we need to stop doing. And and D'Angelo, uh, you stop him on the points. And don't even pay attention to him when he's chirping you. Because he's just going to get – everybody's going to try to get everybody off their game tonight.
2: I think you got to get – you, I think you got to get, uh, Tony D'Angelo at uh, freaking 10 game. I mean, sorry, a 10 minute misconduct, get him out for 10 minutes,
0: figure out no, a way to I do met- it. I, I mentioned this in last podcast. Okay. I I've watched Tony D'Angelo play hockey for 10 years. No, that's not on all NHL, but he's the same as he was in junior, uh, under under 18s as he is in in the NHL today it's so easy to make that guy snap and get off his game so easy and he'll take needless stupid penalties misconducts as Kevin said um and I think that's one of the reasons Frederick is in the game and they've I bet you I bet you everything I own they've talked to Frederick do it within the book don't go chasing it but get mm-hmm. on this guy as often as you can. Flap
2: your gums. That's all you yeah. got to do. Flap your gums. That's all it's going to take. Yeah. And this guy is going to snap. Let him come at you. I mean, just do your best. I mean, obviously, don't sit there. If he starts punching you in the face, obviously, don't sit there and just, like, put your hands behind your back and take it. I mean, obviously, stick up for yourself. But
0: no, don't. Like Lazar. Like Lazar did. You, right. You wait till the referee points and calls him, and then you you defend yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or, as Jim Lauda says,
0: chirp him in the warm-ups.
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's probably going to happen a lot.
0: Uh, you you saw uh, D'Angelo in, in game five skating towards center and looking at the Bruins. Uh, you think he wasn't taunting them?
2: No, he was. He was, <laughs> or you can be like Thomas from Short Shift and uh, just have McAvoy spit in his mouth. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was
1: that
0: was pretty funny this morning when I heard yeah. that. I'll <laughs> tell you, Chick is the same way. Mark, you mentioned Domi. Domi's in the same is is the same way. Um, not to the extent that, that D'Angelo is, but these guys are hotheads. I've yep. seen Domi do it way back in before before Junior. I mean, look at his dad. Is it, the apple doesn't far from, fall from yeah. far from the tree,
1: right? No shit. No shit. Jim comes in here with a uh, with uh, something for Dom. Dom probably remembers a game with the Nordiques in the '80s where we made a goalie look like a god. Ron Tugnut <laughs> was that Don. seventy seventy nine saves or seventy one?
0: I think it was seventy three. Seventy three. There you go. I remember. I remember he made a tremendous save on Ray Bork. with The, the, the game finished 3-3, three, three, a 3-3 three, three tie. And um, he made a tremendous save with it, like under two minutes left in the game. And and the fans at the old Boston Garden were standing up, giving this guy a standing ovation. And Cam Neely and Ray Bork went up to him and gave him a stick tap on the pads. Yep. Never forget that. Yeah, I remember the game, seen, too. Yeah, never seen that in the, in a, a goalie. I never saw it before, never saw it after goalie getting uh, that much respect in the opposition part.
2: Well, since we're going down memory lane, Dom, what was it like being at the first Bruins game ever?
0: Jesus. Uh, <laughs> let's see. My dad had season tickets. Uh, so, he had
2: season tickets that early? Right yeah. out the gate?
0: Oh, right off the
2: What was it
1: like to watch the first Bruins game at Matthews Arena in Boston?
2: <laughs> uh, was
0: Jeremy Jacobs there? Uh, no. I'll tell now you that game. guy
2: now that guy's actually a fossil. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll tell you the game that really got me hooked on, on hockey, and it wasn't even the Bruins, is my dad took me to the old Olympia in Detroit in nineteen sixty six, I want to say. And we're sitting in the first row in the quarter, and uh they they were playing the Maple Leafs, and I forget who had the puck, but Gordie Howe come in with an elbow just like smack right in the head, and I was hooked at that. Right up against the glass, we're sitting there just, oh yeah, man, I need more of this. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Yeah, my my uh, my throwbacks are like uh, watching Joe Thornton play his last home game ever as a Boston Bruin wearing the Pooh Bear jerseys. Uh, I was six rows up from the um, from the benches. So I was more behind the Philadelphia Flyers bench. That's who they were playing. We lost five to one. But Joe Thornton scored on a uh, breakaway that game for his final goal as a Boston Bruin. And Andrew Raycroft got a goal, scored off the back of his helmet and into the net when it went off the glass and came back and hit him in the helmet and went into the net. Uh, That was a fun game. Uh, I I was literally watching players get stitched up on the bench. I was so close. Uh, On the Flyers bench, one of the guys actually was getting stitched up on the bench because he uh, got uh, pretty good gash. So that was a really cool experience. That was a lot of fun. I got a
0: funny I got a funny story, Andrew Raycroft's story for you. And I asked him on the Morning Brew podcast, and he doesn't remember it. So it was Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. Um I I don't remember the year, but um there was a skirmish in front of Raycroft. that gave the little, you know, hack to Gary Roberts on the shin pads, right? And uh things started to get uh a lot of pushing and stuff and uh um but the play kept going so it ended up down in the in the leaf end right and got a whistle down there and and roberts makes a V line for, for Crawford and Kyle McLaren's got him from the leaf blue line all the way back with this stick in the midsection um tried to hold him back and Roberts just kept coming and and uh Roberts I was close enough to hear he says I'm fucking scoring on you on the next shift right? whoa 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 I have to I have to report what he I'm just report kidding. what he said so that's all right all that, that's great so my niece is he over here out, he set <laughs> up for a beautiful one timer down the left wing side I don't I don't think razor would have got there in time. But here comes McLaren, bam, just knocks him, like, (laughs) flat on his ass. It's like, (laughs) but he doesn't remember it. Uh, uh,
1: Michael Lanes uh, says, sorry, just tuning in. Have the Bruins posted their projected lines for tonight? Well, Michael, I have a gift for you, sir. They do. They did earlier. These are not the pregame lineups, but it's something that's close enough. We posted this a little earlier, so there you go, buddy. Take a quick look. I'll put that up for a couple seconds so you can take a quick peek, and then I'll take it down. All right. All right, so what are we going to talk about now?
3: Ugh.
0: The first and second line. Okay, yeah, perfect. I, I, w- I would have been okay if they left uh, Pasternak with uh, Bergeron and Marchand for tonight. Because they can avoid the matchup. But if you remember last week when we, we talked, I don't think it was on the podcast, but we talked privately, said, you know, in Carolina, they need to break them up. They need to because they put the stall line up against them and you've now shut them down. Okay, at least separately, a stall can only shut down or work, try to shut down 50% of them.
3: That's the
2: whole idea.
0: Right. So I, I would have been fine if they left him together for tonight. But in Carolina, I think they absolutely have to split them up.
1: Brett Howard's in the house. What up, Brett? Yo, yo, yo. Great inspirational piece uh, speech today, getting the team fired up. And every time
2: Brett does one of those, they win. Brett absolutely hates NoSec right now with a passion. <laughs> hates him. I don't understand why. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he tries to explain it to me, but I'm just like, dude, I don't know. I like go him.
1: Going back to the first and second lines, uh, and the way that they're matched up right now with, uh, you know, Pasenak going back on the second line and and Dabrowski up on the first line, if if things go south early, we could see the, uh, Bruce Cassidy mismatch these lines once again because he's, he's famous for doing that on the fly. Just trying to get everybody, you know, bought in, calm down a little bit, and so on. But uh, hopefully that the Bruins don't go down you know, early enough that he has to make drastic changes that he can't catch himself on, uh, up on.
0: agree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, there needs to be a balance between knowing when to make the change and when to keep at it. And I think I think he'll have a good grasp on that. He. Has been, I think, this series. I think he has been. I mean, I feel like he switched to Swayman at the correct time. I feel like he, you know, all the line changes he's made, I think they were the correct thing to do. I've had no problem with what Cassie's been doing. I just think that, um you know, he's got to figure out what to do for a game seven. Obviously, after tonight's game, if they were yeah. to win, I'm speaking more on, you know, if we win tonight. Um, he really needs to sit down and really have a good think on how he's going to outcoach Brendamore in um, in
0: Carolina because he has not been able to do it yet. Yeah, I don't want to talk game seven at all, guys. I don't. No, it, this it, is all it, about all it, about tonight's game. One game what, at a time. You should just be like the players and wipe it out of your memory. There is no game seven. This is it tonight. I'll tell you. But what is Cassie
2: going to do in the Stanley Cup Finals? I mean, we have to talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when you know the Bruins have the Canes on the rope. And I mentioned it after the, what was it, the 2nd last game against Tampa, that this is exactly what the Bruins need to do against the Canes. If you see the Canes starting to flip the puck out, you know those hide-lobs out to, to center ice, uh As opposed to moving the puck the way they normally do, got them you, on know their you got them on the ropes. That's when you know you've got them, and that's what you know the Bruins are doing what they're supposed to do.
1: And they also need to control the neutral zone. I just I, I'm I'm seeing almost every game that the Bruins are are, are, are are they're not up in their face at all. They're kind of step back more or less on the blue line, allowing. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes to really garner up a lot of speed and just try to to break through uh, the, the the forward lines and the defense. So if we meet them a little further up and just completely shut the neutral zone down, I think you can capitalize on that game or that part of the game that the Hurricanes are going to throw at you. That that real offensive threat that's going to come at you in layers.
0: But that's where Lind, Lindholm. That's where Lindholm comes in. He makes a difference there. And they've got to stick to that third man high in the D zone. To new, that, that's how you're going to neutralize. Sorry, in the O zone. That's how you're going to neutralize uh, Carolina, their breakout and getting in on the four check. Come back hard on the back check, force them, and the D men keep the gaps close. thats That's how you're going to beat them
2: yeah I agree with all that I think first and foremost though I think the most important piece that they need to work on tonight and be able to excel in is getting traffic in front of Ronta yeah because they have not done that Ronta has been seeing mostly everything they barely have had anyone I'm not gonna actually no in Boston they've done those things they've had people in front of the net pouncing on rebounds they've done those things in Boston so Continue doing those things in Boston tonight. Just make there's, sure you're there. Yep,
0: yeah, exactly. I, now, there's a lot of comments about the referees, some comments about Smitty. Uh, if I can, I want to talk about the referees a bit. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, 99% of Bruins fans are pissed off at that that penalty uh, to – Uh, Derek Forbert for for the scrum he was in with with Max Domi, was it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Domi. Okay, here's the thing. And referees, whenever there's a scrum like that, will 99% of the time tell the players to cut it out or he's sending one to the box. 99% of the time. Unfortunately, referees aren't mic'd up. Uh, so, we don't hear it. I'm not suggesting that that's what happened. But if I were a betting man, I would say that's what happened. And uh, Forbert came up with an uppercut, caught caught him under the chin, caught Toby under the, the chin, and immediately he fingered for- Forbert for the penalty. Yeah. Yep. So, there was... I, I would bet anything there was a warning there and Forbert got that shot in. So I'm I'm not gonna I you'll n- never hear me bitch and complain about refereeing. Sometimes it's bad, I I admit it. But you are the cause of your own problems, not the referees. Doesn't matter how the referees called that game, the Bruins were not winning that game. So to start complaining about refereeing and stuff you know what what what's the point it, it wouldn't have helped the Bruins the other thing too is is there's a divide on fans fans think that the referees have put the whistles away and there are those that are saying uh you know they they they're not calling anything and those that are saying that they're calling too many penalties Well, statistically, to this point in the playoffs, there's more penalties in the playoffs than there was in the regular season. I don't know if there's a mandate from the league to call it tight based on things that have happened the last couple of years or what have you. I I can't tell you whether it's a league-mandated thing. But when it comes to elimination games and getting later into the playoffs, the whistles tend to disappear.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I heard on a, uh, a podcast, I'm absolutely not sure which one it was, um, but it, it, it almost seemed like when they did these, uh, the player uh, union meetings and so on, the players were asked about penalties in the off season and the, and the postseason, And the players said, just bring the book right into the postseason. Yep. call them as you would in the regular season, keep everything flat all the way across. And it almost seems like, they have done that. They got the message and done that because there's way more penalties
0: called. Um, and the reason why, Mark, is because the intensity has gone up. The adrenaline is, is going. And players are doing things that normally they wouldn't do in the regular season. Right. Yeah,
1: hmm. Brett Howard heard that as well. So it's definitely confirmed. And it's 32 Thoughts was the podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. So, now, yeah. Smitty. I mean,
0: Smitty. Kevin, you take Smitty because I know exactly what you think of Smitty.
2: Um, of we're talking about um, Bruin Smitty here, right? Third line yeah. Smitty. That's what we're talking about. What I yeah. think of him, I think he's a hardworking player. I think yeah. he's. I think he busts his ass. Yeah. I I like the way he plays, but sometimes he just goes really cold and he kind of disappears a bit. It reminds me a little bit of what DeBrusk does. But the only difference between him and DeBrusk is that he'll continue to actually bust his ass without the puck. Um, I I think Smith is due for a hot streak, and I'm hoping that starts tonight.
0: Here's here's the issue I'm finding with Smitty in this series. He's missing the target. He's not hitting the net. Right. No, I agree.
1: And a a player that shoots a lot and known to have those underlying numbers about when he gets the puck and just fires it on net, we just need more of it. I think that, I think the books out on him. I mean, obviously it is by every team, but particularly in these playoffs, it almost seems like he's being covered a lot and not he's not given the chance to fire that puck on net and create a chance for himself or a secondary chance for somebody coming in that might be crashing their way into the crease. So uh, he needs to shoot more absolutely and one thing that I I don't I'm, I'm not a big fan of is just is is the um, the lack of points and I know the points aren't you know everybody's different when they when you talk about points and and how much you get but I don't like the stretches uh, and the and the pointless streaks that him and uh, Smith and, and coyle go through on a regular basis um you know I just wish they could be a little more offensive productive. And, and create more of that secondary scoring that we absolutely need. I just, I just want everything to come into one this game, and just like all four lines, just produce as much as you can, and just get as many pucks in the net as possible to create that gap of comfort. Because if it, if a defenseman makes a mistake or the goaltender makes a mistake, we have something to rely on, and not, not it's not a one-goal game where we're you know clinching our sticks a little too tight. And, and you know it, that's when I think that they make the most mistakes is when it's really close and they're trying to, to outdo themselves basically.
0: You watch tonight on Ranta, they go blocker side every chance chance they get. Yeah,
1: so that's the book on him. Is it's it's underneath the the uh, the armpit, right?
0: Yep, between the, between the the left arm and the body. Yep, but you could all you could also beat him top quarter too. So I think. I think that's what they're doing is going blocker side on him tonight as often as they possibly can. Smart. It's a yep. good way to go. or I mean. pucks in his feet. He loses pucks in his feet. The only problem is, is they're not getting them there.
3: Right. I mean,
2: you know, the goaltending coaches, the uh, video guys, <laughs> you know, they completely went over. Everything that they saw game five of where they weren't able to beat Ronta. And, I mean, and in that one goal that we were able to beat Ronta with Clifton, I mean, that was a hard drive. I mean, that was a good goal for Clifton. He drove hard to the net. He protected the puck. And another thing he was able to do is he waited out Ronta and was able to squeak it through the five hole. I think that was a fantastic underrated goal. Um, I I loved it. I don't see enough people talking about it. Yeah, good. R- because Rant- it was a 5-1 loss. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a great yeah. goal.
0: But Ranta can lose his net. You look at Pasternak's goal uh, off the faceoff. You know, same thing. weighted him out. It's like, and now Ranta's lost his net. And, and Pasternak has a whole open net to shoot at. So.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, should be a, a, a nail biter to say the least tonight but uh, it, it, it's at home I feel good about uh, you know winning tonight and moving on Um, I just hope that we're all we're all bought in on the defense too because that took a took a little bit of a change with Grizzlik being out and obviously his struggles in the past couple of games or even the whole playoffs to 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 be blunt uh, and it seems like there's uh rumors coming out that he's got an in, uh might be fighting through an injury and so on so um we'll see how
0: that's been out all year mark okay he, he's been fighting something okay yeah be... and
1: we've seen it too we've seen it in previous yeah. regular season games when he takes a hit to that shoulder and it almost seems like it's it's it, it's back again
0: i wouldn't be surprised to find out he needs surgery in the off season do you bring well,
1: I him... do, um i know he's got term a little bit anyway but what do you do with Grizzlick
0: at this point? Is, is it somebody- because I had this conversation with somebody um, yesterday? So it it all depends on how high the Bruins are on Jack Eshon. Jack O'Shawn is a restricted free agent this year. Uh, they're not going to put a Sean and Grizzlick in the lineup at the same time unless they're devastated with injuries. Jack Eshon. Uh, his waiver exp his waiver exception expires the same time Grizz goes into the last year of his uh, of his current contract. So you have a choice: you either move Grizz or you waive a Sean. And I guarantee you, somebody because there were a dozen teams that were after Jack or when when the Bruins signed him, and the Bruins won won out. So you either trade him or you risk losing a shot and then might lose Grizzly the year after in free agency anyway.
2: Right. Um, if, if, if I'm Don Sweeney and the reason why I say if I'm Don Sweeney is because Don Sweeney will be the GM of the Boston Bruins following this year, regardless of what happens tonight or tomorrow or the next day or any round that they could possibly make it to um, Don Sweeney will be back. <clears throat> but if I was him, I'd be trading. I'd be looking at trading Grizzly this summer I'd yep. be trading Grizzly. I'd be putting Riley in that place. If, um, you know, keeping Riley there because Grizzly is the one who has more, um, has the more trade value there and you can get some money off the books there. You want to keep a uh, Riley forward because forward is showing his worth this. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Uh, we'll get into that. Let me finish. We cause we can talk about that after this, but, um, no, I think you move on from Grizzlick. You um you, you give Ashan some looks and you continue to develop him into what you think he can be, which is better than Grizzlick, not as good as Krug, but um, you know, I think better defensively than Kruk, though, for sure. So I think that that's the play.
0: Adds and a, and Kruk, a in there too. Right.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: Yep. And
1: obviously uh, the multiple, multiple avenues of this conversation is you got to think about the guys that are, are still in the NCAA that are, you know, possibly going to make a jump as well after next year, who knows what's going to happen with, um, oh my God, I can't remember his name, uh, Mason Lowry. you know, you know, he's going definitely going back to Ohio state for one more season. But what's the landscape look like for him after his sophomore year is over? Is he going to sign an entry-level deal? Is he going to play a full season in Providence and work with Ryan Muginel and and that staff down it. there? He needs it. Yeah, he I mean, I, I agree. I, but, Dom, you know me. I'm a guy that always says doesn't matter. I mean, Con, like Kevin even said last week, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, those types of players get picked, picked in the first round. Yeah, NHL roster, I can buy that all day long. But yep. anybody after that, please, a year in Providence and the American Hockey League is nothing but going to be beneficial to the player and the organization. And then, mm-hmm. then after that, you can you can do whatever you want. It's just – it's it's even so first, hard for players.
0: Even first overall picks, Mark. Look at Alexi Lafreniere. That was my main example. When we were uh, a year about. in the AHL would have been perfect for that kid. Yep. My exact perfect. words. <laughs> Nico Heisher. Same thing. First overall pick. Yep. I mean, you go down the
2: line. Yeah, look at Owen Power. He didn't get rushed. No, nope. Owen Power stayed. in. well, I mean, I think that was probably more of um, Owen's um, choice there to stay in college. But even you know, who knows? Even maybe even if he did want to turn pro, maybe Buffalo still says, you know, hey, no,
0: stay um, another year or so. But yeah, no, you're you're right. You're definitely right. There's there's just this mentality to rush these players now. And, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of fans have this fast food mentality. They want them, and they want them in Boston right now. Well, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, The Bruins are all about letting them percolate and develop in Providence. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the same narrative keeps going for Fabian Lysel. There's so many fans that are just like, um, you know he he's currently in the second round of the playoffs. I think they're down to Kamloops uh, by one game. I think two, it's two to one, one, yeah. Two to one, yeah. Uh, Fabian had a great first round: four goals, seven assists, eleven points in six games. This round, a uh, little little shy on the points, but he's getting things done uh, in other areas of the of the uh, of the game. But oh, let's he had, real,
0: he had fifteen points in the first round.
1: That's what I meant. So that's my yeah. Amesbury math, Dom. You got to remember that, buddy. Yeah. Not
0: four, good goals with the assists, four goals, eleven assists, in, uh that's in six games. eleven seven dyslexia.
2: <laughs> yeah, sit that Felino guy and bring up that Fabian Licell kid and put him in there. That kid can score. Felino's yeah. a bum.
1: yeah, I, 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 I just I, I don't even comment anymore on Twitter or Facebook or any other social media that say as soon as Fabian Lycell is in, he's our savior on the power play. I, I can't comment anymore i i can't yep. tell people that they're they need to pump the brakes enough i was okay. all
0: i pushed for him to go to go to to the whl best thing for him yep uh, best thing for the team and here we are
1: yeah we've talked about it several times being a euro playing your first year in north america you have to make adjustments and we've said it several times in previous podcasts that the WHL is one of those leagues that are going to come at you hard and heavy. And for an undersized player like Fabian Nassau under six feet, I think that is a great thing to learn from. You're, you're going you're gonna to learn to use your skills like stick handle in a phone book, but you're also going to know that there's somebody coming at you too. So now you have to react, your timing, your, your, your vision, your, and your mobility out of certain situations all gets – it's all part of development. There's no need to rush that. And once he gets to the NHL, it's going to be on full display.
0: And well, the, the NHL playoffs is not the place to bring these guys in. It's right. not. It, it's just to expose Fabian Lysel to this right now is a detriment to to his development. It just – you know, I people are all for it because Don Sweeney just happened to mention, you know, Boston was a possibility. Well, oh my god, he spoon know, spoon fed that to the media. Yeah, Don Sweeney Spoon fed is, it. You guys is, see that
2: Don Sweeney said? He said uh, that uh Fabian is gonna be in the playoffs, guys. So get ready for <laughs> that. Sit that bum, pasta, the guy can't even score.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> It's, you know, Don Sweetie is, he has to feed information to the fans that they want to hear. You know, it's like. I'm sorry. I don't know. No, how no, about no. that, Marge,
2: that That, how do you say it, Tom?
0: What? Well, Georgie
2: <laughs> Melkulov. How about that Georgie Melkulov kid? I heard that he's going to be a, a number one center. Bring him in, dude. Holler can't do crap out there. He hasn't even All scored right. a goal.
1: New thing. We're doing it from now on on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast every week, and we will be recording every week during the uh, summer, so the Boston Bruins Hockey Talk <laughs> does not stop here, folks. But we should do a new segment. Instead of like um, – that cousin from from Boston we're going to do a segment with with Kevin O'Keefe that guy from Boston
2: yeah. that guy from Facebook <laughs> no but I love it you know, with that with all the joking aside and everything like that I mean you guys make great points you're you're not going to see one of these kids be brought into the playoffs no no way no how but it did have me thinking while you guys were talking and I think the future of this defense you ready for this you're gonna love it. It's a panty dropper. Are you ready? Uh, uh-oh. You got Lindholm, McAvoy, and then you have Lori Carlo, and then you have Ashan Zaboral. That is the future, in my yeah. opinion.
0: I and don't hate it. It looks bright. People, people are calling for a rebuild on this uh, in this fan base. Yeah, rebuild not that. Not a ritual, <laughs> Not a retool. A rebuild. You just need a center. I mean, to be real. Or
2: two. Well, no, probably just one. You just really need a center. But
1: here's he an interesting thing when you talk about the center is I think that Don Sweeney did it right, and I almost hate saying that because I'm going to get killed for it, agreeing with somebody that's ruining the team. Oh, it's, it's, it's pandemonium. But anyway, he didn't, you know, get pressured in to go out and make a deal that was probably the wrong one. But I think that if he still has a job, which I, I think he will get a new contract and so on. I think that that center will be addressed during the offseason. if not at the draft or in free agency. I think that they really look at that. I'm not saying that Hall has done a bad job. I mean, as a as a band aid and so on. And hey, can you can you rise up to this occasion? And he's done it since he got sat. We've seen it a little tailed off in the playoffs so far, but that's going to happen, but this, there's not just, there's no consistency there. Like we had with David Mm Creechie and I'm not saying David Creechie is coming back at all, but I think that that would be a good time with, with, I mean, we have enough cap space to get ourselves a decent center, right? Dom next season.
0: Uh, It depends on what everything is dependent on Bergeron. If he comes back, how much is he coming back for? Uh, then again, I mean, I look at it, and and what does Jake DeBrusk and Matt Grizzlick package get you? Huh.
1: Interesting. I don't hate that idea either.
2: Connor McDavid and a first-round pick.
1: That guy from Boston.
0: Conditional first.
2: No, again, no conditions. <laughs> Conditional second first-round pick, if we feel like it.
1: And a okay. Dunkin' Donuts Lodge coffee regular and but, a Boston cream.
0: Yeah, but I, I, but to answer your question, they're set up fine for the cap. There's there's if they need space, there's things they can do to make space. I mean, I think they buy out Felino. I really do. Yeah, it's not going it to cost go. them
2: a ton to do it, and I think they will.
0: You buy out Foligno, then Bergeron definitely isn't coming back.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if that's for sure or not, but I think I think they're going to look at it. I really do. I mean, I I, they they know that they're going to have to go for a cup here next year. They know it. They 100 percent know it. And I think they're going to try to save every cent they can to make this team the best they possibly can.
1: So is is it out of the speculation here that they go the route of Chris Wagner with uh, Nick Foligno. And if he passes through waivers, can you stash a little bit of that money in there and get it a little bit uh, off the cap? I know you're going to pay a little bit, but not the full amount, but you are going to pay?
2: felino has got a one-way contract,
0: correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah so I don't clear.
2: think you're saving crap.
0: Yeah, no, you saved $1.125 million. Right. Yeah, so he's uh, getting
1: paid NHL money down there. If he clears,
0: obviously. Hold on a minute. Let me get some numbers. So, Nick Foligno makes, has a cap at $3.8 million. You buy him, he costs $1.933 towards the cap next year. You bury him, and he costs you two million. Roughly 2.5 million, 2.6 million. So, okay. really, to buy them out, you're only, you're only saving $700,000, but then you're paying 933000 the year after. So, numbers wise, it doesn't make sense. Okay. And All if, right. If and and not do that. goal, that's the way I'm but you know your reasoning is is
2: that bergeron will be mad and won't come back if you know they either if they you know buy him out if they send him down to the minors and bury him i mean i feel like that's worse i feel like that's worse than buying him out yeah in my opinion because you buy him out he can go get another nhl contract with another team you bury him in the minors he's playing he's playing minor league hockey this year right for the most part so i mean i i think I I don't
0: think that... um... The Bruins Bruins will do nothing. And I'm going to bring this point up because the reported rift between Bergeron and and Cassidy by some people that's been going on almost all year. Um, Nothing happens without talking to Bergeron and to Marshant. Okay. If Bergeron and Marshan says, Yeah, do it, they'll buy him out. Or yeah, bury him. Yeah, it's the best thing for the team. But Bergeron came right out and said it the other day about breaking up the second line and putting Pasternak back with him that Bruce Cassidy approached him and Marshan and asked what is best for the team. Yep. Bergeron was the one that said, yeah, let's do it. Bergeron came out and publicly said that. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, Don Sweeney will talk to Bergeron before he makes any move with Nick Foligno. Guaranteed.
2: Yeah. And he's going to say, yeah, that dude likes candy corn. Get him out of here. <laughs> Jesus.
0: All right, uh,
1: we are at the one-hour mark of the program. We thank everybody for tuning in to this live stream. Pre-game edition, the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes are on tonight at TD Garden for game six. So we're gonna hear from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Um P break. And yeah, he yeah. Kevin needs a pee break. So
3: let's hear from them. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We just hosted Bruins' legendary Hall of Fame goalie, Jerry Cheevers, and we've got some great memorabilia from the Cheevers' signing, including jerseys for just $79, pucks for $34, and photos starting at just $29. May 15th, we've got Big Bad Bruin, John Wensink. We're going to have Wensink, Big Bad Bruins, autographed and inscribed jerseys for just 79 dollars pucks for just 34 and photos for just 29 dollars. we are proud to have hosted not one but two miracle on ice 1980 olympic gold medalists dave christian and dave silk and you can buy something from the dave silk dave christian legend collection Take home this. Blue style or white style Miracle 80 jersey. Dual signed by Dave Christian and Dave Silk. JSA authenticated and yours for just $135. Or grab these JSA authenticated USA hockey pucks. Hand signed by Dave Christian. Yours for just $44. Or grab this Dave Christian inscribed JSA authenticated photo against the Soviet Union. Yours for just $44. Take home this Dave Silk Miracle on Ice 8x10 photo for $44. Or these Miracle Pucks for $44, JSA Authenticated. This 8x10 against the Soviet Union inscribed, JSA Authenticated, $44. Or the USA Hockey Dave Silk Puck, yours, JSA Authenticated, $44. And on May 30th, we've got Buzz Schneider, another Miracle on Ice gold medalist, Coming your way. For more information on our dozens of hand signed Bruins collectibles, visit us at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email me directly at Boston Sports and Music at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Mm-hmm.
1: We are back. That was Bruce Sullivan. He is amazing. um, And he's got some awesome stuff. We do a Patreon giveaway every month. And it's a jersey giveaway. This month we're giving away, and maybe in a week, giving away this Terry O'Reilly hand-signed jersey from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. It's only a dollar to get in, folks. But we also give away weekly prizes, which include hand-signed pucks. This is uh, the Turk, Derek Sanderson. So you get one of these just for a dollar. So uh, check out the information below, and we'd certainly appreciate any contributions we get. Half half of your dollar goes to pay the bills at this sports media company, and the other half rolls into more giveaway prizes. So let's get back to the Boston Bruins hockey talk. We are only under an hour from puck drop between the Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes in Game 6 at TD Garden. Dom, are you ready for this or what?
0: Oh, yeah. I got my laptop set up out front to watch it. I got a flat of eggs, uh, 24 eggs from the farm. And if the Bruins go down, I'm going to be whipping eggs at cars that come by. <laughs>
2: Jesus. Because
0: 90% of them have leaf, leaf flags. Oh, my God. That's freaking funny. Themselves. So <laughs> Any That's car funny. that comes by with a leaf flag? Egg.
1: I, I I hate to see what you do if the Leafs ever win the Stanley Cup in oh, <laughs> the I'm parade moving. route. <laughs> I'm moving.
0: I'm yeah. moving.
1: We'll, we'll get you a nice place on the beach down here in the Cape.
0: I I had a... Too bad Kevin's not sitting down because... It's probably I, getting something to eat. I, I had a deal for him. Uh, if... If I order a bunch of stuff from Bruce, whether he would because of the exchange rate, right? If he would order it for me, and then I just pay Kevin back in Canadian dollars. To your <laughs> now that's a now. that's a buddy right there. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I, I could make a pretty penny off of that.
1: Yeah, and look, look who comes right in yeah, after he, he must his his ears must have been ringing.
2: Yeah. All right, it so been. it turned into a snacky poo break as well. I, what a shocker! I knew it.
1: Surprised
0: you oh there it is hanging off his beard there. I haven't even eaten it yet. I brought it with me.
1: Oh we know it's right there. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
2: All right. I'm gonna bring this up though. Go for it. So it needs to be said and it needs to be talked about. You need to prepare yourselves regardless of what you may think, what your opinion is, it doesn't even matter. You need to prepare yourself for the fact that this could possibly be the last time you ever see Patrice Bergeron play in a Boston Bruins uniform. And if not a Boston Bruins uniform, the last time in the TD garden. Ouch. It's just the truth about it, regardless of what we think.
1: That we narrative no has idea. been going
2: out around Twitter a lot We've lately. We've got no idea. So when you're watching this game tonight, do not turn it off if the bruins are losing 6 to 1 in the third period do not turning it off turn it off because you never know it, and you may regret it
1: Jeez, that's <laughs> uh, that's harsh man i mean it's putting like bad memories in my head i don't want to see yeah. that guy go i'm a huge fan of patrice you know he's been just a, a stalwart in this in this organization and just a Somebody that you you you, I thought would have been a captain a long time ago, but I, I totally get the whole Zayn O'Chara thing. But damn, he was, dude, he that's... was though.
0: He was he was yeah. captain with with Bergeron.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's that's something to think about. And hopefully, you know, he didn't he didn't want any to do any deals. I get it. He, I think he just at his point in his career, he's not a selfish person. I think he just wants to do a year by year and evaluate his body what he can put up you know put up with because I'll tell you in my opinion I think this year I've seen a lot more of the opponent go after Patrice to try to get him under his skin and possibly knock that line out which is most likely alongside uh, Brad Mashan it's just a probably a, a tactic that other teams have to get under the skin but I'm seeing a lot more like physical activity after whistles, like players going after Patrice. And there's another disturbing side to that, too, is there's there's just nobody on the Bruins roster that actually goes up and, you know, does anything about it. Like, you know, if somebody back in the day hit Gretzky like that, McSorley was not far behind to to really just beat the wheels off of somebody. Patrice is going to (laughs) really have to evaluate himself and how much he took on this year. And these playoffs, which you we all know here on this panel, and the fans that are listening and viewing, we thank you by the way. We know that he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's just a warrior. But sooner or later, the end is going to come. And, and you know, Jesus,
2: Kevin. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that I think that he's going to retire. I don't think that at all. I think right. he's still going to be playing. But I will be watching tonight's game. Like this is the last time I could ever see him play. Because right. you never know. Regardless of what
0: I think or anyone thinks, you mm-hmm. never, ever know. And that's why I record every game. And, nice then, and then I delete them the next day unless I want to keep them. Uh, so my DVR, you guys can imagine, with NHL games and OHL games, uh, <clears throat> what, it, what it looks like every morning. Because... I've got to start flipping through hockey games I need to watch. But I will not delete this one until I know (laughs) that Patrice Bergeron is coming back for next year. (laughs) Lance. Because you don't know. You know, and and that, you know, it's,
2: we can think whatever we want, you know. And, And I know everybody on this panel right here truly believes Bergeron's not done. Sweeney doesn't believe Bergeron's done. So
0: that's all good things. That's all good things. But I will be watching but, tonight. I don't think anybody truly knows. Think. Even even the teammates don't know. It's like maybe one or two of them might know something tonight that that but he hasn't told the whole team. He if, if anybody would know, it would be Brad Marchand. He probably would would go out to Brad and say, Hey, you know, if we lose tonight, I'm done. Yeah. But he's not he's not gonna announce it to the team. He's not gonna announce it to management. Uh he's not gonna announce it to the fans until after the fact. And and knowing Patrice, he won't do it until after the Stanley Cup is awarded because he doesn't want to take away from the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee uh, uh a Dustin Brown type of rah-rah kind of thing going on, yep. you know, and, you know, right before the playoffs happen or during the playoffs, uh, Dustin <laughs> Brown mentioned that he's going to be hanging up the skate, so that might put a little oomph in somebody else's, uh, you know, plan uh, and determination to, to to go above themselves to try to get something done for somebody else. I, you know, that good on Dustin and the team over there and in the, in the LA Kings, but... I don't see Patrice being that type of person.
3: Mm
0: -mm. No. No. and Look at uh, Andrew Raycroft and him are very, very good friends. And Raycroft hasn't got a clue as to which way uh, he's leading. Not a clue. So,
1: yeah, uh, it's a a tough one to to think about, but, you know, it is coming
2: sooner or later. Well, Uh, a more positive thing we can talk about is the best Boston Bruins Defenseman to play the game. Derek. Derek oh. Colbert. All right, elaborate. You gotta you he,
1: gotta go he, now.
0: Defenseman in the series.
2: No, he's the best ever, man. This guy <laughs> oh, This guy is the greatest defenseman to ever play in a Boston Bruins uniform. Better than Bork, better than Orr. This guy is amazing. No, no. Sounds I'm, like I'm, you're hitting shit I,
1: better than I'm hitting.
2: <laughs> I'm obviously joking, but no, this series, this guy has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, oh my god, the way he's getting his body in front of shots, and he's he's not doing it in a way where he's screening his goaltender
0: and no, allowing bad goals. He is stopping these shots. I mean, he's doing the one leg down, turning to his side, and he's killing, and it. Giving, giving Swayman the view, he's and killing he's killing the shot. He hasn't done one thing wrong.
2: I uh, mean, there's been some penalties that, you know, like the penalty the other the other night there, but I mean it's but he's been near perfect. He's been freaking good. You yeah, i'll get a been... forbert jersey. I will. <laughs> That's he's what Ali said. I will. I'll get a full jersey. It's not he's... gonna be authentic though. That's a lot of money for someone who's not gonna be on this team in two years, but
0: Honestly, this is this is the reason why they got Derek Forbert. Uh, for playoff hockey. It's the reason they got Nick Foligno for playoff hockey. Unfortunately, Felino, unlike Forbert, hasn't shown up yet. And he better show up tonight because he might not get another chance. So, yeah, Forbert was a whipping boy all season long. But you know what? Forbert didn't come here expecting to be a top pair defenseman with Charlie McAvoy. He was a victim of circumstance. Yet everybody um, pounced on him because he was put in a situation. He was put in a situation he couldn't handle. Not that he asked for the situation, so it's not his fault. But this is the reason why Derek Forbert is here for playoff hockey. Yep,
2: absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like we've said before in this podcast, um, you know. A lot of people didn't like what they saw out of full board, out of the gate, but that's because he was put into a situation he never should have been in in the first place. Right. Um, he's been flip flop between pairings. He's never had a consistent pairing really at all. Um, I, but he he's tremendous on that third pairing, exactly where I think he should be. He can play a uh, second pairing in a pinch if needed. But that guy is a fun- – it reminds me of Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle, phenomenal third-line guy who can play second line in a pinch, but is a fantastic third line guy. One of the best Full board. I, I feel the same way about him. He's a fantastic third bearing defenseman.
0: One of the best. So let me ask you guys a question now. Sure. Because. Grizz wasn't getting any PP time when Lindholm was in the, uh, in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And he obviously wasn't getting any PK time unless absolutely necessary. So we now now know our, our two lefty on the PK will be Lindholm and Forbert, mm-hmm. and our two right will be Carlo and McAvoy. Yep. Now, do you stick with the Lindholm-McAvoy pair and the Forbert-Carlo pair, which they always are out together on the PK? No. I, actually,
2: I go um... – Fullboard McAvoy as my top PK unit because I think because you want a
0: puck mover on out with the shutdown guy
2: and not only that I think Fullboard has been your best penalty killer on defense um, this entire series I think you get him out there with McAvoy and then I think later <laughs> and Carlo can definitely clean up because Carlo let's be let's be honest he's not had the best series
0: and No, I but what he's been on he's been on
2: yeah, and so yeah. I think having a guy like Lindholm who can really help him out there, especially on the PK, I think that's really good. Not, I mean, that's not saying forward can't, but obviously Lindholm is on a different level than forward, regardless of how well forward's played. Um,
0: so I think going Lindholm Carlo for me is the way to go. So your next pairing up after the penalty over then is Riley and Clifton. How do you feel about that? That's true. I don't know how I feel about that actually.
2: I think Clifton's been having himself a pretty good series, and I think Riley's been okay too. So I mean, I don't, I don't think I'd feel too horrible about that.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Oh, it depends on what you, who shows up, and not sometimes like Clifton can be, Cliffy hockey, and we all love it, and other times it's just wow, what just happened there, you know. There's a lot of mistakes that have been happening on this Boston Bruins team throughout the regular season and even into this playoff. So it's just, I don't know. To me, who wants it more, to be totally honest. And and I do agree with the whole um, let's have a stronger, more mobile defenseman with a weaker, more shutdown type of guy. I like that mix-up um, when it comes to penalty kill and power play.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially when you have guys like Bergeron and Martian out there, who like that can create a chance off the rush on a penalty.
0: Or, or even, and I'm I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it, DeBrusque and Coyle. Yep, them too, yeah. absolutely. Especially because the they,
2: three on three during the regular season,
0: those two are magic. Yeah, so, they were mean, they yeah. were magic, and they're they were they more than held their own on the PK together, which is why I think Cassidy moved him to the third line with with Coyle. Don't you think? Yeah, prior to it tonight. makes sense, and definitely we are getting sense. Cliffy. We
2: are getting playoff Clifton here. We definitely are, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he's been my playing.
0: my problem with Clifton over the years is how long does it last? Right, right. I'm hoping at least tonight and Saturday if it goes beyond tonight.
2: But we're not talking about that,
0: Dom. Right, we're not.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay. So that's why I just mentioned tonight.
0: <laughs> <As, laughs> so I to get yelled you know, at
2: again for mentioning a game seven.
0: <laughs> as you know, I don't make predictions unless it comes to OHL hockey. So let's have both of your opinion or predictions for tonight. <sighs> four, four to two, Boston. You know where I'm going with this.
2: 6-1 Boston. Wow. All
1: right, so, Dominator, let's hear it.
0: He's not oh, gonna I, do I don't make predictions. <laughs> I, I, told, I told you from the beginning. I don't make I know. predictions. Unless it comes I was through. just
1: trying to coax you into it.
0: I have a bad feeling it's going to overtime. Ooh.
1: Stop. Ooh. I got to be at work at 3 yeah. in the morning. I, I can't deal that. with that,
2: Dom. If that happens, I'm dead, and you guys need to find a new freaking – Oh, God. You can't
1: die. You just bought like ten thousand dollars worth of new equipment for your office. You need to pay that off first. Don't be selfish. Is, pay yeah. your damn creditors.
0: And then pay it there, paid off. Oh, it is. There is a yeah. the problem. <laughs> out of there is a problem with your new equipment, though, Kevin. Come
3: on.
1: Yeah, there's a chicken wing hanging you. out of it. <laughs> what is that?
0: I can still see you. <laughs> oh!
1: Oh! 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. All right. Are we
2: just gonna do this
1: now? Are we just gonna? No, no. We're gonna uh, see if uh, some uh, folks on the, in the chat want to participate in some questions. There is here. a quick
0: question right there. Why did we get rid of Kruger? And so
1: I'm... Facebook, Facebook users been ty- typing in here a couple of questions, <laughs> and which ones I don't understand. I, I we didn't get rid of Kruger. He signed with another team and because we didn't but,
2: want to sign him. Right.
1: Um, which that's I agree kind of, with. Yeah, it was kind of a weird situation that went on. It was shortly after they didn't want to get, um, I believe, they didn't want to retain or, or re-sign Chara, and then they the Krug factor happened. So he's with St. Louis now.
0: The, 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 just like they won't have Grizzly and Achon on the roster at the same time, they were done with the Grizzlick krug on the roster at the same time. Yeah, That goes back to 2019. Uh, in the playoffs. So, Grizz was under contract, I believe, at the time, so they let Krug walk. Grizzlik was a lot cheaper. Uh, Krug was going to get paid handsomely, and we see that he did. So, um hate to say it, guys, but it's a business, and sometimes you have to make a business decision, and that's all that was. Yep. Sure. Yeah. It's true.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think that we're trying to – the experiment of smaller defensemen, I think might be kind of weaning its way out. Um, who knows? I mean, Jack O'Shawn still with us. I think he's probably going to be a, still a good solid middle depth, but if he, is he going to want to be that, that two-way type of emergency, a break glass in case of emergency type of player? Yeah. Or is he going to want to look for a sustainability in NHL time elsewhere? Because he can get it elsewhere. I'm not sure if it's going to be on a – a, on a contending team, but a team like Phoenix, if he wants that opportunity to get in the NHL and and on a regular basis, I could see a team like that picking him up and giving him a chance. Who
2: oh. Phoenix Suns? What's that? Well, the he's, sons?
0: The, he's the Phoenix Suns. You're talking oh, sorry, Arizona. Arizona.
1: <laughs> Jesus. You're talking. Son you're talking
0: bitch. to Sean. Yeah. Uh, he's an RFA with arbitration rights. All the Bruins have to do is qualify him and. You know oh, it's under control. Scared. Okay. He's, he's not going anywhere. Unless the Bruins think, hey, we're gonna keep Grizzlick. We'll trade your rights.
2: Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think um Jack Sean is a different type of smaller guy, too. He reminds me of like a Brad Marshawn. He plays big. So I think I think um I think Ashon's definitely gonna be a good roll of the dice for the Bruins for sure.
0: Michael has a good question there. Curious to get your thoughts on that, Uh, Michael. I have have my thoughts. uh,
1: Michael says, "What do you guys? What do you think goes through past his head when he's carrying the puck in the zone?" My thought is,
2: stop doing it.
1: Yeah, um, don't give it up, (laughs) or or don't don't take that pass. Give it right back before you cross the goal line, because his own his own entries i am frustrating to watch sometimes. It's I love Pasenak be- and
0: No, go I, ahead, bro.
1: I love David Passenak and everything. And he's a he's a world-class talent, great on the power play. He can skate and so on. But when he carries the puck and he's and he's given that that lead pass to to carry the offense through the zone, when he crosses that blue line and he and he gets closer to the defenseman, it just doesn't click. It's not, you know, it just seems like something's broken there that. He either can't get through or can't even get a pass through to a, a, a player that's coming back in, in layers.
2: I think that he is thinking too far ahead of his feet and his puck and the puck on his stick. Yep. I think he has it in his mind as he's going through, like, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and it doesn't come to fruition because he has no idea. He's just got to kind of feel it out as it's happening. But for me, I think that this player – is at his best when he's finishing a play off the rush or he is a part of a play within the offensive zone. When it comes to him coming across the across the blue line with a with with a puck on his stick, I get scared every time. When I see him playing the point on the power play, I get scared every time. I mean, this guy just for whatever reason cannot figure it out when it comes to that crap and i'm i'm all set with it i don't want to see him carrying the puck through there anymore you got guys like taylor hall and brad marshian on your team on two different lines who can do that
0: oh he before, could be oh sorry before we went into the playoffs i don't know if you guys remembered. i said it on a podcast that i can't understand how every single nhl team hasn't figured out how to defend against the Bruin zone entry because it was the same thing stop up at the blue lines feed it to the guy on the right on the right boards at the blue line go in and get the, the pass back it was so predict predictable it happened on every zone entry and game sometimes three, sometimes oh, it would game three and four Cassidy changed it in the playoffs <clears throat> The zone entries changed. Here's my issue with carrying it over. To me, there's three guys on the team that I trust to carry the puck over the blue line with possession: Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, and Taylor Hall. I don't even trust Marshan to do it because he, not as often as Pasternak, but he's been known to. To lose possession trying to carry it over the blue line himself.
2: Yeah, at times.
0: Yeah. Those, I, um, are, my, those are my three I want carrying it over the blue line.
1: I would much rather have Passanac kind of be a trailer in most plays. Yeah. Like 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 Kevin was saying, uh, use your Taylor Halls. Use your, you know, uh, your holler to get you through. And then here comes David, just like sneaking in, like covert ops, and just finding an open area near the hash marks or in his office on the uh, the left face-off circle, and just yeah. like find find you know sniping it somewhere instead of already being down there and just waiting for the anticipated pass. I don't know something I think about when 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 you when him and his own entries and how you can effectively redo that that whole scheme offensively, you know, um, and, and use the other side of the ice too. I, I find the same thing. Is is it always the right boards with you, Dom, that you see that? Yeah.
0: But yeah always the right side. Always. 99.9% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And that's and why, that's with,
2: what I was about to cut you off with. I was about to say, and sometimes they'll do it to the left.
0: <laughs> very, very rarely. very rarely, but that's the yeah. one change you would make. Maybe. <laughs> So, I don't know if you guys caught the morning brew podcast. Always, yes, I have not
2: caught up on that. I'm I'm like Andrew Raycroft
0: brought up a brilliant thing, and Jappy Jappy agreed with him about Pasternak and his shot from his office, and how different it is if it's a right shot. Uh, like Ma- McAvoy feeding it to him, or a left shot like Marshan feeding it to him, because it does change the angle, of which way the puck was was coming towards. Man, I never really thought about it till now. But then I, I go back to Tory Krug as the left shot demon, who was who was setting him up for those one-timers personally i think a player of that caliber it shouldn't make a difference a shot is a shot is a shot and you should be able to position yourself to get get into that shot But so i'm curious as to what you guys think
2: i mean sometimes it just comes down to the speed of the pass coming at you um in the chemistry of the player who's passing it to you i mean like you were saying you know with krug it seems so fluent with for them um but maybe he doesn't have that same i don't know what word i'm looking for here but maybe that's that's yeah like almost like that connection you know with that other with with that person to to just know okay the puck's about to come to me like before it's even there i mean it's um it's a little off for sure i mean i i'm he has had those goals though i mean I mean it, it yeah, but go back
0: to go back to early in the season though when he was misfiring and, and missing a lot of those shots because Razor or Jaffe then pointed out, let's not forget, too, the spin on the puck coming off a left-handed shot is different than the spin on the puck coming off a right-handed shot.
2: I also feel like he was in his head a lot at the beginning of the season. I yeah. I don't think he was fully present. That's just my opinion, though. I don't know yeah. that for sure.
1: Um, concerning Pasternak's shot, um, for me, it's where it's coming from and how. Uh, if you have a natural uh, uh, passing player that's just, you know, with him or it's coming on the backhand, those are the ones that I find uh, that gets really complicated with is the backhand passes because I think the backhand passes are coming at him and a little jumpy. You know, they're bouncing a little bit when when a natural flow through shot. I mean, a pass is just going right to him. And he's very used to that in practice because the guy could have a 100 uh, pucks out in the ice and, and Bergeron would be out there just like or, or anybody for that matter. Just feeding him at one continual speed, because that's what is expected at that type of level of game time. You know, the, the puck needs to move fast. It needs to get a point A to point B. And it's all about timing. So if his timing's even off on a bouncy puck, you know, it could be, uh, you know, go over his stick or break. I've seen several freaking of his his sticks break on bounce pucks that he's trying to one time. It's almost like he's bearing down too much, then putting so much force because he just wants to get off a a bouncing puck no matter what. But Mm -hmm. it turns into a turnover the other way. Yep. And Petschman just said
2: that too. Can we can we go back up here for a minute? There was a comment here, uh, Anish Wardy. Have y'all commented on the Denault Halla discussion yet? Don't want oh. to make you repeat yourselves if you have. Can you guys fill me in? What is the Denault Halla discussion? I have I've yet to hear about this discussion. What
1: is I have no comment? idea. I have oh, no really. idea either. Anish, if you want uh, to to uh, let us know in the chat about what you're talking about, I'm not sure either. That's why I didn't highlight it up there.
0: I think uh, probably fans probably wanted to know over, overhaul. Uh, oh, okay. I'm assuming that's the probably what season. it is. Uh, but, yeah.
2: So, I mean, I, I don't know whether to speak on it or not. Cause I don't know if that's what he meant by it, but if that is what he meant by it, I mean, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, it's
0: well, let's put it this way. Uh, hano has got a five point five million dollar AAV for one, two, three, four, five, six years.
1: Okay. Anish comes back in. He's got some um
0: versus some three, people three point something for and
1: for it Hall. says some and it says some people on Twitter were talking about signing Denault instead of Hala and No Hmm.
0: I mean I think I think
1: that I think, to, I think to not wanted to go out west. I think he the, wanted the
0: money, the money wouldn't work anyway. It's just yeah. the money wouldn't work.
2: Yeah.
1: Just I'm
0: taking Holler and Nosik
2: at this point anyway, because Holla gave you what forty something points. Um and he he probably would have had more had he been playing with, you know, on the second line with Taylor Hall and uh David Boss from the yeah. all season, he would have been a, probably a sixty point player. Right. So I mean, I'm taking that contract that is a lot less term and a lot less money over the Denault thing. Not I think people are impressed, though,
0: by his defensive game, Kevin. Yeah. And that's what they're impressed by. And Hall yeah, is not right. a bad defensive player at all.
2: Oh, no. Not at all either. Nope.
1: Yeah. Nope. I mean, Denault's you know, a good player and everything. Good center. It's a good two-way game. Uh Really doing well out in L.A. And, um, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah, because the Bruins got guy. I mean, you get you signed a guy like that for five six years. It's like, you what you're doing is you're just once again stifling the pipeline of centers that you have who could become what you need. Brett uh, yep. Harrison,
0: for less than the five, Jackson. Niko, we can one. talk
2: about and then say it one more time, Dom. One more. Georgi Merkulov. So you got these guys you got to allow them to develop and get into your system one way or another. And getting in guys like Denals on a five, six-year contract at $5.5 million isn't the way to do that.
0: Right. And a- a- Anish just said, like, uh, I think people are just loving Deno's performance versus Edmonton right now. Obviously, I am too. But because he's doing it against Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, doesn't mean he's going to do it against Sebastian Aho uh, with with uh, or stall or stall or Spechnikov. This is, Spechnikov would knock him through the boards. You know he's not getting that in 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 Edmonton. So you know you, you got to base it on the competition too, who he's going up against. Yep, but. Let's go a little bit <laughs> off topic here for just a second. Sure. What do you think of Florida coming back last night? I, uh, because I thought Washington had them, and the Rangers looked like toast. And now Sidney Crosby is concussed. Thoughts on those two, real quick.
2: Oh, um, I think that I, I think that's a fantastic series. Uh, Florida and Washington That, that I, I didn't expect that I did not expect that I expected Washington to be taken care of in five
0: games No Martin Martinuk Ethan Bear is in And no Slavin eating. No Jakob Slavin Wow Thank you wow. Ali.
1: Yeah Ali's coming in with some uh, some hot takery I'm sure that she's reading from the Twitter machine But I need to highlight this Wait Slavin's viewers. not in tonight Boom nope. check it
2: out or Martin Hook and Ethan Bear, Ethan Bears in, right?
0: Oh,
2: wow, boy. wow, jeez,
1: <laughs> per Sarah Sivian, that's well, a free, per,
0: that's a solid source Vera. right there. Yeah, you can yep. trust Sarah. Yep.
1: So yeah. Jesus, wow, that's um, that's a bombshell. Yeah, yeah. I can't
0: think of where he would have might have got injured last game. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe Charlie could be.
1: McMahon no, spit in his mouth, man. There yeah. go. go, Chucky.
0: If, if the Bruins win this series, Chucky will now be MVP of the series.
1: Jesus, Thomas Nystrom probably going. Oh shit, I called that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> COVID protocol.
2: Oh man, that's too bad. Is that man. what it is? I have no idea. I'm
0: um, here with you. I just learned about it with you. I have no idea. Yeah. I thought you were checking your phone. No.
1: Regardless of, of this update from, um, I was wrong. She said Slavin is on the ice. All right. Wow. All right. Uh, that was, a, I was hoping that it was wow. going to
0: be. The, I'm 61 years old and you're giving me a heart attack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All
2: right. Non-trusted source. They're going 70. That makes sense
0: on the road for them. Well, yeah, because they expect that, uh, that D'Angelo is going to lose his cool and be sitting for 10 minutes here and there. Probably. <laughs>
1: Nothing like getting yourself ready for something stupid. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, right. We've got about 20 minutes to go before the game time or projected game time.
0: I hope nobody stole my eggs. <laughs>
2: I love it. <laughs> I got I got something I got something we can do here. What's up? I got something for you while I was out, Mark, today. What'd you get? I think Hopefully it's not me. a
1: sub because it's gonna go bad because I'm not gonna be able to eat it.
2: I think you'll love this. You ready?
1: What is I hate you? <laughs> That's so dumb. What is it? May There's the fort
2: be with you, Mark.
1: It's oh, stupid geez. Star Wars unrealistic wait, Whoa, wait, blah, wait, blah. Wait. i gotta
0: make a quick phone call all right hey captain picard get, <laughs> can you get the enterprise after that millennium falcon and blow it out of the stars
2: for context hey, yeah.
0: mark hates star wars star trek
2: harry Not potter anything like that he hates i'm it. old
1: guy yells at cloud i'm no fun
2: so i had to show him that i picked that up right. today it's is that a skateboard computer no, it's a it's a it's a photo that I'm putting right up above my uh,
0: computer desk. Cool. Here. Where's your Dougie Hamilton jersey? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Look at all the jerseys over there. He looks like an Ian Bod or uh, Bruins low Starter
2: kit. <laughs> I I literally, my room. This room has been completely destroyed and taken apart. I'm like trying to redo everything. It's an absolute mess right now. I'm going to be putting all my Bruins jerseys on the back wall over there. Like, so that you, way you can see them. Uh, the Bruins jerseys will be all over there and stuff. So
1: just don't put them in on the window. It's a fire hazard.
2: It's a fire hazard. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to put them on the window. <laughs> that's a, that's a design flaw. Nice. All right, people.
1: As always, we thank you for the participation in this live stream. If you have any more <laughs> Bruins-related questions, uh, fire away for the last couple of minutes. we got about 20 minutes between now and puck drop. So if uh, there's nothing else going on, we're probably just going to wrap it up now, or we can keep going a little while longer. I want to keep it for the people, by the people.
2: I think it's a good time to end it. Give us time to get ready for the game. You know, get our get our game dinner slash snacks all right, going. Done,
0: done. Yeah, I gotta I gotta make sure my eggs are boiling or hard boiled out there, so I control them at those leaf cars that come by. All
1: right, all right. Yeah, let's do that because I want and you get be able to get video of this this egg toss and I want to see this.
0: Uh, I'll try, I'll, how am I gonna video myself throwing eggs? You have two hands. Multitask. I won't won't get the car in the picture
1: right, let's let's wrap this up right now let's talk about our Patreon account Uh, we do have a Patreon account you can check out the details right there you donate one dollar per episode we do about four episodes to six episodes a month depending on the situation and what's going on but it's a small investment to help us our small sports media company and uh, it also creates opportunities for you to win some fantastic Hand signed prizes like this Terry O'Reilly fully authenticated jersey, Taz just for a dollar guys. This we give these away. We give a different player away every month. These we do once a month, and like hand signed pucks from I think it's Eddie Johnston. We give these away every week. So this week's winner is our favorite Krista P. That is the Den at Den Mama. So congratulations, Krista. You're an amazing person, and thank you so much for the financial support. And if you want to be eligible, please check out that information below. Sign up today. Get involved. I Hopefully, we'll be sending you some hand-signed Bruins memorabilia from a current player or an alumni member. Well, anyway, thank you very much to Black and Gold Hockey Podcast co-host Dom Tiano and Kevin O'Keefe for joining me this afternoon. Uh, le- leading up to this Boston Bruins game six, um, one more time around the panel. How are we feeling?
0: Go ahead, Don. I'm just here to watch the game. I, Look at him, cool, cool as a cucumber. You no, know, I don't. I don't get nervous about things I can't control. True. And it's like watch it and enjoy it. Right.
1: You are you are the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Miyagi i'm just i'm just i'm just saying
0: it i'm feeling
2: (laughs) cool as a cucumber let's go
0: you know as you you can tell i got my haircut yesterday right yeah and you didn't
2: dye your faux hawk black and gold so the girl
0: didn't have gold to put black and gold in and you know the poor girls are still getting harassed by you go to a hairdresser yeah just let me finish the story okay so uh don't go to a hairdresser. It, can I finish the story? Sure, about your hairdressing. Go ahead. So the poor girls in there, they still get harassed by people because they still mandate masks. And when you're like two feet away from somebody, I don't have a problem with it. I still wear a mask wherever I go. I still wear a mask when I go to work. I got COVID. The first time I went out without a mask, I got COVID three weeks ago. So I don't screw around. So this guy had come in without an appointment. And there were other people that, that said they had appointments. They, or they walked away and said they, they would come back when when they could get the in and stuff. And uh, the, the two girls were debating whether they should take him or not. And it w- it wasn't because they didn't. Think they they just didn't want somebody coming in and swearing at them because they were being sworn at all day. And I said, "Don't worry about it. I'm here. I'll stay with you until until it was only half an hour till closing, right? Right." I said, "I'll stay here till close." Oh no, but these guys get really bad. I I said, "Don't worry about it. I've got a second degree black belt in karate. You think they're, they're going to be scared shitless of me, or I'm going to be <laughs> scared shitless of them?" So really, I said, "Yeah, I'll sit right there." I, so I had my phone for half an hour. I sat there to make sure nobody abused the girls. That's awesome, and then dude. The, they didn't charge me for my haircut. Oh, dude, you're the man yeah.
1: of the people, but I'm also changing your name to Splinter. Yagi. What? <laughs> it's a splinter. <laughs> splinter. <laughs> once I once I heard that that green belt and all that stuff and and black belt, and I'm like, oh, this is you're a splinter now. No. Dom, uh,
2: Dom goes to the hairdresser, though. Well, where do you go? To the barbershop.
1: Oh, wow. Well. But there's
0: dudes there. Yeah.
2: At the barbershop? Yeah. Yeah, when men get their hair cut.
0: Yeah. No, I know. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we have one barbershop in town, and there, there's never anybody there. Okay. Hands well, in. They're boys. all these
2: fans, and they go to the freaking well, hair salon.
0: Go Bruins in three. Go. One, two, three. Go Bruins. go Bruins. Let's go Bees. Let's Peace go Bees.
1: Out. We can do this. We can absolutely do this. Have faith. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, retweeting, interacting with us. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for all the support. Uh, it, 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 it does not, you know, yeah, I can't even talk. I'm ready for Boston Bruins hockey. Let's freaking go.
2: Peace out.
1: Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at black and gold pod at BNG productions at black and gold two seven seven and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official black and gold website, where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.